Welcome, 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 Bizak. It's your boy F double E S E Y B O Y. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram. And here we go. Let's give a big shout out to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers, the mothers, the mothers. If you raise children, shout out to you. Take the day. You deserve it. I want to give a special, special, special shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, mom. And also happy birthday. Yes, she got a two for one this year. Um, Only thing my mom requested was to spend time with her grandkids, which, you know, for my pockets, that was an easy, you know, bam, because I ain't got none. But, you know, I would have preferred a gift or two. I feel like if you got 11 kids, shit, bring me the jewelry, the roses, all that extra stuff. You can keep them grandkids. I can see them another day, not on Mother's Day. But shout out to her. I'm sure she enjoyed the kids. Um, I know we talked about having two co-hosts on this week for the Black-Owned Business episode. However, recording fell on Mother's Day, so I decided to let them go ahead and be mothers, enjoy the holiday, and we'll push the Black-Owned Business episode back to episode three. So, this episode, you get me again. All to yourself. So, let's just get this episode started with... This my weekend, my week. So this week I got a chance to watch the movie with the boy from, not the boy, he's a man. Uh, Wakanda Forever guy, uh, Michael B. Jordan. I got a chance to watch uh, his movie with Lauren London, I think it was. No, no, yeah, Lauren London. It's called Without Remorse, you guys. It's a must see. I enjoyed it. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe. It. I enjoyed it because I couldn't, Guess what was happening next? Like, the plot of it was totally unexpected. I didn't really care for the ending, but most movies that are good, I don't typically care for the beginning or the ending. So, you know, that's just my preference. But Without Remorse, guys, is a must-see. I also got a chance to check out the first episode of Legendary on HBO Max. Shout-out to all the Philly ballroom Scene girls, you know, you. I, I love to see. I love to see it. Or I love to see you guys on the big screen. I love to see you guys paving the way for the younger gays in the community. So shout out to you guys. I also got a chance to watch Pose, which this this season I'm into it. Like I hate it. I hate the fact that this is the last season for that. But I'm actually into it more so because they have gotten updated wigs. The, the wigs from last season, uh, they just wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. They were kind of old and crunchy looking. So this season, Blanca, she got a little length to her wig. It's a little full. And she got a man this season. So, you know, I'm I'm here for polls this season. You know, shout out to you guys because the Glam Squad on here this year, hey, I guess they saved the best for last. I also got a chance to fully listen to Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan, which I know if you're listening, you're probably going to be like, oh my gosh, they've been out for three months, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I just started listening to it this week. However, that is argumentably one of the best albums I've heard in a very long time. It gives me, I want to tread lightly for you music people, it gives me miseducational Laura Hill. When I listen to it, I get the vibe of Miss Education of Laura Hill, the consistency of it. Like, I can listen to Hotels from beginning to end 
without thought. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm in a car and I'm listening to 16 tracks and I didn't even realize that it's been on for two hours. So, I I can really appreciate Hotels uh, by Jasmine Sullivan. I also want to shout out the Eagles because they got the number one draft pick wide receiver. I can't think of his name, um, but he's supposed to be really, really fast and catches the ball really, really good. You know, all this stuff. <laughs> um, I also want to take some time to acknowledge the Islamic community. I think Ramadan is ending this weekend, so... Big ups to you guys for making it through another fasting season. Uh, I can't imagine having to fast and go through COVID. That just has to be a, it, it, it takes a different kind of mental. So, you know, big ups to you guys. And the other day I got one of my clients, she was telling me, she asked me to take a ride with her. She wanted to go volunteer somewhere. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do, you know, everybody who knows, anybody who knows me knows that I love giving back to the community. So when she was like, it's a volunteer a volunteering opportunity, it's something that I want you to be a part of. So I was like, okay, great. So I go and it is like seven or eight carloads of Islamic people, like Muslim brothers, Muslim sisters, just giving away food, KNA, Kensington and Allegheny, Broughton Hunter Park, like just feeding the homeless. And it was like, just, it, it, I don't know. It just warmed my heart to see you know, while they're going, while they're fasting and collecting blessings, they were able to give another blessing. Like, I, I can, I really could appreciate it. It was definitely an out-of-body experience for me because I haven't given back in so long. Just because with COVID, you just, a lot of the opportunities that I, I took, you know, post pre-COVID, they're not there anymore, which isn't really an excuse, I guess. But I, I, I promise I'm making that pledge to myself and to you guys. I, I want to make sure that everybody's taking time to give back, you know, when they can. Even if it's a small thing like a cup of coffee in the morning. Funny story, every day, every Monday, I go to the same place to get my gas. Not telling you guys to please because I don't want you stalking me. Um, <laughs> but I go to the same place to get my gas. And every Monday, this lady, she pays for... she. Not pays for, but she gives $25 to whomever is behind her in line or whoever's in front of her. So she rotates. So this past Monday was my turn and I didn't even realize it. I'm in line. I get in there. I got my coffee. Well, not my coffee, but I got my tea in the morning and I'm like, hey, let me get 40 on pump five. And he was like, well, he told me the total. The total was like 23 something. And I'm like, well, I said 40. He was like, oh yeah, she uh, put 25 to your gas. I'm like, I go outside. I'm like, well, ma'am, you didn't have to do that. You know, I had it. And she was like, well, no. Every Monday, I just, I, I try to give back to somebody, even if they're fortunate or less fortunate, I try to give back. So that was a big deal for me. And even like my good girlfriend, Mookie, she, she says whenever she eats fast food, which is rarely, but whenever she does do it, she tries to put money towards the person behind her. And I think that is such a big uh, that's that's a big deal because you just think about it. Just imagine if I had twelve kids, I was going to go work a nine to five, and you know I was using my lands to get gas. You just never know what a person is going through. They may look good and you know may look like they got it together, but some people don't look like what they're going through. So I can really appreciate those little things that they do. So now I'm I'm gonna be Joe. Yeah, I guess y'all all about to call me Joe, but <laughs> I'm gonna be Joe and I'm gonna start finding a way to give back 
to anybody. And it doesn't have to be a less fortunate person. It could just be somebody who needs a smile. So I'm going to, you know, take that, take that and run with it. Um, because like I said, th- th- to me, that's a big deal. And it, you just never know what somebody's going through. But before we go to, to this week's topic, I want to talk about Will Smith and the Dead by Challenge. I freaking love it. The big boys just winning. First, you know, first I was cool because I'm bald headed with a beard. And, you know, everybody loved a, a nice chocolate bald headed bearded guy. So I, I, you know, I was winning and then I got, I got the COVID belly. So then I, you know, got knocked down a couple notches. But now Will Smith then made it okay for me to wear Kyle McClellan briefs and have a belly. So, you know, you big ups to Will Smith for that because let me tell you, y'all, when I tell you I look at these posts and I'm looking at these celebrities, I'm like, well, who the hell is this? And I'm, it was like Brad Pitt. And I'm like, bro, you're Brad Pitt. You like Pitsy, like Pitsy Shuffle. Wait, that might not be Pitsy Shuffle. That's, the, that's Jason Pitts. Well, you know what I mean. Brad Pitt. He he got a belly. And I'm like, wow. Keanu Reeves, a belly. Who would ever do it? These are the men that women love. So I'm like, okay. Okay, Will Smith. You don't owe me nothing. Um, so that was that. And the versus battle. You're about to hate me. I don't care. SWV, don't owe me nothing. When I tell you, I felt like I was at a 90s concert at the Dell here in Philly, you know, on a 90 degree day, you know, with my, SWV just did it for me. Like, don't get me wrong, Escape, they are all it. Like, them them ladies, they can sing. However, before, you know, I give them praise, I'm just going to point out, Tiny, sis, you looked together. The team got you together. Tiny was the best looking one out of that group. I'm sorry, the outfit, the makeup, the hair, she just looked on point from top to bottom. Like, you know, no pun intended. But she looked on point. I didn't really care for the bustier that Candy had on with the one pieces. Like, Candy, stop wearing these one pieces. And then you wear these animal, these black animal print one pieces. It's like, girl, just get a black one piece and, you know, lead a course at home. I'm okay without it. Um, and the, the sister, not Tasha, Tanika, Tamika, y'all, the boots with the fur, apple bottom jeans with the boots with the, that, the, the boots with the fur, and <laughs> she be doing me, and I'm, she all, she be wearing a bun, all slicked up real tight, and she ain't got no edges, it's like, <laughs> girl, you look like, you know how when you crack an egg by accident and you boil it and it, the stuff start oozing out the top of it? That's what her bun looked like. It, it, it just looked like a bald head with a bun. So, you know, move it on. But, move it on. Yeah, move it on. Uh, SWV, I, I appreciated it. Coco, since you got work on your shady facial expressions, because although I feel like it was genuine love on that stage, some of the times they was painted in a Coco face, it was like... Since you being real, real shady. <laughs> like, even when she was like, oh, yeah, Lily, go ahead and sing this song. Because, you know, we all got, we all can sing. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was pointed. But, <laughs> you know, I like a little mess. <laughs> so, go ahead, Coco, be messy. I like to see this. But it was dope to see a bunch of black women getting along, no egos, singing each other's songs, just supporting each other. You felt the genuine love. 
Versus with like you know Monica and Brandy, you might have felt like it was forced, or Nakisha Cole and Ashanti, it, it it just seemed like it was a little ego when Keisha Cole's in. So I could appreciate the essence of what took place on that stage. Uh, excuse me, what took place on that stage for the versus battle. Now let's get to this week's topic. I got a chance to binge watch black sitcoms. In a couple Caucasian sitcoms, um, funny story, one of my clients, y'all, before I go to the sitcoms, one of my clients, her son, he's Liam, great kid, freaking, he's like eight, he might be seven, he's like, he's like seven to eight, right, smart kid, you know, biracial, <laughs> dad's white, mom's black, cool kid, I'm into him, right, so the other day, I'm like, we were just having a conversation, just a general conversation at the shop, and it was just me, his mom, and, you know, one of my other friends. So we were just having a general conversation about just interracial dating and the Killer Mike interview and so forth and so forth. So I had made a comment. I can't remember what, what exactly it was, but it was something along the lines of, like, you know, I, you know, calling black people black people or African-American people. It was something of those lines. So he busts out and says... Well, I don't like to call. Uh, I feel like if you call, he said, I feel like if you call brown people, black people brown, why don't you call white people peach? So I'm like, okay, from a kid's point of view, that's cool, I guess. So then like his mom was like, you know, he can't really, he, he's young, so he has a lips. So he can't really say like certain words. So he say things like like elevator. He by like, elevator. Like his 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 tongue rolls. So he was like, "Well, my teacher told me don't call them white people. Call them occasional." And I'm like, <laughs> shit's still funny. I'm like occasional, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, like white people." So his mama's like, "Child, he talking about Caucasians." <laughs> he couldn't say Caucasian. He kept calling people occasional. Oh. Y'all might not thought that was funny, but I thought it was funny. But, you know, you know, going into this week's topic with the sitcoms, I got a chance to watch, um, binge watch The Cosby Show. I never, at my age, my young age, I didn't, I don't think I got to appreciate what The Cosby Show stood for, what A Different World stood for, what Living Single stood for, Martin, Mr. Cooper. Like, those shows I didn't get to really appreciate, like, I appreciated watching them this weekend, like, the Huxtables is like, what? A black, a black family, a man with five kids who raising five kids, putting them through college with a successful wife, it's like, you don't get to see that mainstream even now, like, you don't really get to see it, and I feel like that's what this younger generation is missing, they're missing sitcoms, like, when we was coming up, we had, like, those examples, I mean, granted, we didn't, we probably didn't appreciate, I didn't appreciate it then, but we had those examples, and it's like, when you look at this generation now, they don't, I don't think they have sitcoms now, I think most of it is reality TV, Love and Hip Hop, Real Housewives, their whole, you know, shebang bang, and do you really want your daughter, <laughs> you know, no shade to like somebody like Erica Mena, but do you really want your daughter binge watching a, a series of Love and Hip Hop Next thing you know, she's jumping across tables, throwing shit at people. So I think that's part of what this generation is missing nowadays. Is like the sitcoms that we have 
or that we had, they don't have that. Like, when I was about to live in single, it's like, hey, bro, this is a group of women who support each other unconditionally. They never compete with each other. They just uplifted each other. You don't get the seat. Like, you don't get the seat. Girlfriends. Hello? Fucking girlfriends? That was one of my shows. Girlfriends was my shit. So, you know, you can imagine how I, I literally was in the house watching these shows, just enjoying it. When I, when Overton and St. Clair, if you don't know me, Living Single was my all-time favorite sitcom. I know every single episode word from word. I still watch every single episode and laugh like hilarious. Like some people love Martin. I literally love Living Single. Like that that sitcom is probably one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. And then followed by Martin and then Girlfriends, like stuff like that. I I really I, I'm into it. Like I really am into it. It made me want to be a better person. Like it really made me want to be a better person. And I know that sounds really like, you know, I guess you could say it sounds really generic. But just watching how they how they front each other, how they mother their children, how they father their children, how you know they just were there for each other through whatever is like one of those things where it's like I genuinely could appreciate. I could appreciate it. Me personally. Um, so I think that's what this world is missing now is just those good examples of what is great or, you know, you know how to go through life a certain way or live with certain things. It's just like, I don't know. I think because technology is such a big deal, I think the world probably should do a little bit better with what they broadcast or what you know what they embody and what they model me personally I, I i just tv nowadays just isn't the same like don't get me wrong i love a good i love me a good reality tv show uh but i i just don't think that these young men and women whether they be black white gay straight i don't think they have good a lot of a lot of good examples on television, let me not say any, but they had—they don't have a lot of good examples on television. Um, I did get a chance <laughs> to watch episode two of Rural Housewives: The Reunion, and d- d- watching that, it proves my point of what 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 TV is missing. It's like to watch black women go back and forth like that over d- dumb stuff. I was just like, okay, yes, as entertaining as this is. Can y'all broadcast the fact that they, you know, marched on Washington or that they did COVID testing or show the positive sometimes? Why does everything always have to be so negative? And it, it just, it just, it's, I don't want to say it disgusts me because, you know, I still watch the whole episode. So I don't want to say it disgusts me because if it disgusts me that bad, I probably would have turned it off. But it definitely was one of those things where it was just like, so this all they do is, be housewives like they don't have jobs they don't have careers that whole thing I don't know I just didn't really uh, you know I just you know wasn't really my my thing and I realized why I stopped watching housewives a while ago it's just so catty it's as entertaining as it is that shit is draining like when I tell you for a minute I was like girl okay what are we arguing about now like it it, it just was uh, I guess it just wasn't for me but so now that we are, it's just me. I'm going to go straight to the questions and answers because you guys appreciate 
you guys, it looks like you guys have appreciated the Q&A part from the reviews that I've read and the comments that I've gotten. It's like you guys appreciate my point of view. So, shout out to you all. And I do want to give a special, special, special thank you to all of my friends, my followers, my family members who have listened and have supported me and gave me the feedback that I wanted, the feedback that I didn't want, that just genuinely, you know, was into what I was doing. So I I definitely can't thank you guys enough. I do want to give a special, special thank you to my friend Robbie. Um, you guys can follow him on Instagram at Blackbearded Jesus. He is one of the most talented, argumentatively, one of the most talented people I have ever met in my life. And he does like a lot of stuff. Like he's always on the go. So for him to take time out of his busy schedule, and to listen to my episode and, you know, just give me the constructive criticism that it, I needed. It was like, this is how you should edit. This is what you should do next. This is what you should do. This is this is how I get over it is. And even like my homegirl, Mookie, who I talked about earlier in, the, in this episode, she gave me like speaking, speaking tips on how to not say um so much and just positive reinforcements. And I, I appreciate that. You know, I'm so thankful to have friends that really fuck with me you know what I mean like I can honestly say the group of friends that I have now at 30 you know whatever their age I'm appreciative I'm lucky I'm so lucky like my friends I can call on them for literally anything and they're always going to give me straight no chaser if this is what it is bitch you don't like it get over it but this is what you need to do next so that's, I, I I can appreciate my friends for what they, you know, how they support me. I love it. I, I do. Yes, I'm smiling right now, y'all. All, all gay and stuff. Yep, that's me. Smiling and Joe. But I can, I really love my friends. I so much. I really do. I love all my friends. <laughs> so let's just get into these, dive into some of these questions before we go into everything, to all things black. Um, first question it's from a young lady. It says, me and my husband have been together for three years, and he now has this obsession with makeup. Wait, girl. Before I read the rest, I hope she might not about to tell me that her husband is wearing makeup. Because <laughs> this question about to go left. Um, he has this weird obsession with makeup. And he went, oh, sorry. He has this, he has this, he suddenly has this weird obsession with makeup. He seems to want me to wear makeup all the time. It seems it's almost like he met a stripper. <laughs> okay. Tell your truth, girl. Tell your truth. <laughs> he met a stripper and he might be thinking about being with her, but he's trying to make me look like her. Hmm. Okay. Sorry for the moment of silence, guys. They just Girl, listen, if he wants you to wear makeup, girl, put the damn makeup on. What's the big deal? Put a little lash on. Everybody could use a little lash, a little brow. You know, you ain't got to go full beat every day, but maybe you just, I don't know, maybe you just playing Jane and maybe he want to spice it up. Maybe he wants you to walk around looking like, you know, something different. It don't have to necessarily mean that he met a woman that did X, Y, and Z, but, you know, even if he did, just... Shit, at least he's trying to give you a hit. Like most men don't even give you a hit. They just go, they just go fuck the stripper. So if that's what it is, girl, take it for what it is. Put a little lash on, put a little gloss on it, and you know, go about, go about your thing. I, I mean, 
I told me and my clients, we have this debate all the time because I'm always, I'm constantly like, you know, when you get your hair done, get your nails done. You know, even if you're not going nowhere, pay somebody to do your makeup. Get get a little blush on, get a little shadow on, just to make yourself, even if it's not for him, for you. And like, you know, get the get the total aspect of it. Like, you know, when I get a haircut, you're not just gonna shave my head, bro. No, bro, you gonna do my I want you to do my beard, line it up real tight, give me the little white line. Make I wanna look complete from head to I can tell I'm gonna go get dressed as soon as I get out the barbershop. I need to look like daddy. <laughs> you know? So I just feel like with that, I'm not sure the to me I didn't understand the question completely. But from what I gathered from it, I think you might just want to throw a little lash on And then you could get strips. You ain't even got to get individual lashes. You ain't even got to get eyebrow tinting. Just put a little mascara on or something, you know. Just ease your way into it. Or have a conversation with them. Shit, communication. They say communication is key. So, you know, I, you know that's my advice for you, sis. All right, next question. Next question. All right. And again, guys, I haven't read these questions out loud. I mean, I haven't read these questions pre-this. I'm reading them as I go. So, if there's a little bit of a pause, that's just because I'm just opening up the messages in my DM. Uh, Alright, so we have this question from a young lady. It says, how can I handle breaking a relationship with a close but toxic family member? Ooh, listen. One thing you will learn about me is I love my peace. I ain't fucking with nobody who disrupts my peace. If you my, you could be my brother. If you are disrupting my peace, you got to be my brother from 80,000 miles away. You can't be, I can't deal with negativity. It, you know, energy is so contagious that a person can speak so negative all the time that you start you start embodying them thoughts. You start becoming that negative person that that person is. It's like a domino effect. So you got to be careful with who you let in your space, whether they be your family member, it could be your mom, your aunt, your cousin, your uncle. If they not there, if they not for you, they're against you. And again, this is just my, my opinion. If that person is toxic, get rid of them. They have, they're not bringing any value to your peace, your happiness, your life. Let them go. That's what, and I think that's what's the matter with people. That's what's wrong with people nowadays. They don't know how to let go. Sometimes you got to walk away. And if it come back, then it, then it was meant to be. If it don't, then it was meant for it to be out of your life. I, I'm just one of them kind of people who's like, I'm not begging or pleading for someone to be the friend that I need them to be. It's either you can do it or you can't. If you can't, then go. Somebody else can. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. Because even, like, in my in my circle, we have this thing. It's like, if I'm not being who you need me to be, is there some, if there's something I'm doing wrong, correct me. Let me know. You know, fill me in on what's going on. That way I know that I'm doing something to hurt you or I'm doing something to make you feel uncomfortable. Because, because if you don't, then, what, like, you're just masking the situation. And then here it is, you might, you know be out with the person one day and you might be having the day of your life you know got good news got a promotion got engaged or whatever you have you whatever your good news is do you really want to tell that person with the running the risk that they're not going to be happy for you or it's going to be a forced happiness 
So you got to be careful with who you let in your space. Like I said, whether it be your mom, your brother, your sister, your cousin, whomever, it's okay to be my cousin from afar. It's okay to be my, you know, my mom from afar. I, I know people who don't talk to their mom at all. So it's like, and then I know people who just deal with their mom on, you know, face value. So you got to find out what, what works for you. But in my opinion, if that person is toxic, get rid of them because negativity is so contagious. Like it, and you, you won't even know that you're being negative until, you know, you sit back and be like, damn, I ain't have to be a bitch. Why was I a bitch to that girl? I don't even know that girl. But because my girlfriend don't like her, you know, I'm being. So, you know, I that would be my input on that. Okay. I have another one. How do you feel as a gay man? I'm sorry. As a gay man, it seems that a lot of you... Okay, so maybe you're not a gay man. <laughs> it seems like a lot of you... As a gay man, it seems like a lot of you don't support same-sex marriages. Why is that? Okay, um... <laughs> I don't know who the lot of you are, but for me, I support it. If I have two friends that's actually getting married, I think later on this year, same sex. I, I have two girlfriends. I have two girlfriends who are actually getting married next Sunday at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia. So I support same sex marriages. Listen, if it works for you, fucking do it. If it makes you happy, do it. I think that some people get hooked on you know, the whole idea of it, it is a little bit of an obstacle with same-sex marriages because we're not awarded the same opportunities as, you know, the heterosexual union. But I'm, for me, I'm into it. I say, listen, if you gay and you're going to spend 13, 14 years with somebody, even if you're going to spend five years with somebody, with the way the world works today, God forbid he gets COVID or she gets COVID or whatever the case may be. Do you want to spend that much time with somebody and then your family who doesn't support your union has to make a final decision on who gets what or what happens? So you got to be careful with, you know, you got to be really careful with the what you want and what's best for you and your, part, and your partnership. Because for me, again, if you've been in a if you let's just say hypothetically speaking, if you've been in a relationship with somebody for five years, you guys are not married, same sex. Same household, you got a joint bank account, so forth and so forth, but you guys are not legally married and one of you died. What happens? Who gets to decide? Or you go on a ventilator. Who decides? You don't get to decide whether I get off the ventilator or not because you're not my husband or you're not my wife. My mom, who, let's just say hypothetically speaking, doesn't support same-sex relationships. What do you think? She's not going to give you the opportunity to make the decision. She's going to make the decision for me because she's my mom. And she's next of kin. So I can't speak on other people. For me, I support same-sex marriages um, strongly. I think is a little bit, like I said, I think with the the homosexual unionship, I think that it's a little bit of a hurdle sometimes, depending on the state, because it's, it's new. And it's something that's progressing as the time goes on. It's not written, it's nothing written in the stone like we just we just was legalized it just was legalized i think maybe two three years ago so i support it i just think that some people get turned off by the hurdle and the obstacle of it and how easy it is to you know be heterosexual and get married but how hard it is to be homosexual and get married so i support it but other people may not i just only can speak from my standpoint all right 
Here's another one. How do you feel about adoption? How, oh, sorry. How do you feel about same-sex couples adopting? Oh, y'all asking me questions like I'm not a gay man. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. How do I feel about same-sex couples adopting? I feel like if you have love to give, then give it. I think that there's a shit ton of kids out here who need father figures or, you know, who need motivation or role models. And, you know, for me, I think that it, some same-sex couples raise children better than, you know, heterosexual couples. So, again, before y'all chew my neck off, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that heterosexual people can't raise children. What I am saying is that I think that a lot of same-sex couples, they have a lot more love to give than, you know, maybe the broken home. And it's not to say that, it's not to say that, you know, if you're a single mom, you can't raise, you know, six kids or one child. It's not to say that at all. But I do feel like in certain situations, yes, I think that hetero same-sex couples do have a little bit of upper hand when it comes down to love only because I feel like they've been shut out. So they know they know the love to give. They can identify with a lot of the struggles sometimes. You know that same-sex couples can't. I mean, you know that heterosexual couples can't. So I'm 100% on board for same-sex couples adopting children. Um, me personally, I would like to adopt it. Well, I I looked into the process of adopting a child um, just earlier in this year. I would like to adopt a child just because with me working with the role model film, the role model organization, man, if we talking. I never would have thought, okay, I'm getting emotional. I'm about to cry. You guys can hear it in my voice. I I never would have thought that I could be a role model for somebody. Like me growing up, I never would have thought in a million years that, excuse me, that, you know, I had love to give to. Like I never would have just imagined, like y'all have to understand the role model organization is almost 200. It has 200 children. And granted, some of them have two parents. Some of them have awesome parents. Some of them have some, you know, have situations. But just to walk into a room and have a group of kids running to you and ask how your day was and, you know, tell you they love you and, you know, call you when their back is against the wall or call you for college advice or call you for, you know, college money. Please. That is just a feeling that I would have never in a million years thought that I would get. And not even a million dollars could buy that feeling that you get. So for me, I think that because more so once I joined, you know, once I got involved with the role model organization, for me, that's what would top the cake for me. And I think with COVID and us being off the season, it was just one of those things was like, I got so used to that experience that it was like, well, damn, I really miss these kids. Like, I, I, I want COVID to be over. Not, you know, and granted for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons I want COVID to be over is because I miss these kids. And like, they're going through high school and some of them are graduating and going to college. It's like, 
just over the season, like, I think it was like eight or nine seasons, over the seasons when you have these kids that go away to college and, you know, their moms are working two jobs to make sure that everybody is fed and stuff like that, you know, to be that help for the mom or to be that burden off of the mom's back or off of the dad's back or off of the family's back, to me, that, that was so heartwarming for me. Like, that just... I don't believe I'm sitting here crying, but yes, I would like to adopt eventually. Um, I would like to maybe even father my own child. You know, if the car, if it's in the cards, then I, I'm here for it. You know, I think I'll be a great dad to a child, if you will. Um, so let's read the next question. The next question is. On the last, okay, on the last episode, it seems that you were condoning cheating. Why is that? Okay, girl, first of all, I never condone cheating. And even if I did condone cheating, it's my damn opinion. But what I said was, if you were, I'm never going to ever say, girl, you know, or boy, go cheat. That's never the conversation. However, if your partner cheats on you and you say, hey, I want to stay, I'm not going to tell you, girl, you stupid for for staying. That ain't my, one, that's not my place because I don't know your relationship. Two, I don't know what happens in your relationship that would, you know, would cause you to want to stay or cause that person to want to cheat. I don't know the, the gravities of the situation. However, if you're going to stay, what I said was, you need to make the, you need to make the lines clear. If you're, if you cheat and I forgive you, this is end all be all. You don't get a slip up. You don't get another chance to fuck me over. You don't get another chance for me to feel like you out here doing something. You don't get that chance in words. So you shouldn't have got it in the first place. But since you snatched it from me, you know, I'm, I I, I just, for me, again, it's all about how you communicate after, after it's done. If you decide to say you got Lady Cory's done, you can't let, you can't let these motherfuckers run all over top of you like, oh, you know, she forgave me, so let me go cheat again. No, no, bro, I'm being you the fuck up. Like, I'm sorry, and I'm being your mom up too. I'm being her up because she should have raised you better. So now your mom got to get her ass with because you can't keep your dick in your pants. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> All right, one more question before we go to the black-owned businesses. Um, how do you feel about Dale Lowman? Okay. I should have read that question. Um, um, I feel like that's a little bit more of a broader... I feel like that should be a broader conversation. So maybe we'll have an episode talking about that. But how I feel about it is... Your preference is your preference. If I think that you got to be careful with it. I think that that could be a messy and dangerous situation. But... Being a person who have dated, you know, I just, I don't know. Border conversation. We'll have that conversation. Another episode, maybe I'll grab a little panel together and we can bounce some topics off each other. But I won't be digging deep in that only because I feel like that's a little bit more of a broader conversation. All right. Sorry. So because I didn't answer that question, we're going to answer one more question. The next, the last question is, how did you get to, how did you get comfortable, wait, what? 
Okay, I gotta read it first, y'all, because the words are scrambled. How did you get... Oh, sorry. How did you get comfortable... How did you know that you were going to be successful? I guess that's what this is leading to. I, believe it or not, I didn't know. My friends could tell you, my best friend, um, he could tell you that my all of my close friends, they could tell you that, man, I worked at Family Dollar. I worked at Dollar General. I, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I worked at Checkers. Like, I worked pretty much almost everywhere. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to, you know, I went to college. I, I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I probably could probably do 80 things, 80 billion things down because of the technical training that I have. But once I hit a wall where it was like, I didn't have, I wasn't homeless, but I didn't have clothes. I had a roof over my head, but because of where I was staying at, we didn't have a relationship. It was just one of those things where it's like, I'm I'm only obligated to provide you with a roof over your head. No, my mom was not a bad parent. My mom was, she probably doesn't know about this part of my life. But um, where I was staying at, I only had a roof over my head. I didn't have clothes. I didn't have, I don't, I might've had a phone. I just didn't have, like I went without eating for, for days and days at a time. Like, my friends can tell you, like, one minute I would be 250 pounds and a week later I would be, you know, skin and bones just because I didn't have, um, I didn't eat, I didn't, I had pride issues, I didn't want to never ask anybody for anything. So, once I got to that place where it's like, I couldn't do it anymore. Like, I literally couldn't get up out the bed because my stomach hurt so bad for not eating for a week. Or my stomach hurt so bad for eating scraps. Like, once I got to that place in my life where, well, to that time, I wanted more. I knew what I what I had to do. So I enrolled myself into hair school. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. Uh, but I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. Again, my mom was raising 11 children. You know, I was grown by then. So it wasn't her response. It wasn't her responsibility. And my mom had did an amazing job getting me to that point. So, you know, I made a decision to leave my mom's house. So when I made that decision, this is what came along with that decision. But my mom came in, she got me the Parent Plus loan and I started hair school. And here it is almost 13 years later. And I have my own business. I have my own product line. I have unlimited amount. You know, I don't even accept new clients anymore. Um, I work with celebrities. I'm well respected in this industry. I've thrown successful hair shows. And when I, you know, like I said, it took my back to get to against the wall to realize my full potential or what was next. Whole time I could do hair. I didn't really need the schooling. I just needed that, you know, I just needed that license. So I, that's one of my biggest regrets in life is not doing it when I did it. But you know, my girlfriend, she always says, you know, when is your time? You'll know. And although I wish I would have done it back in t- 2005 before, you know, our institute and stuff like that, you know, it, it came when it came. And it's like, now I can really reap the benefits of it. Like, I, I enjoy being able to get up and go. I enjoy, you know, being, to get on a pl- being able to get on a plane and just go and not have to check in and check out. And, you know, that whole thing. So it was like... you. You got to be grateful 
for the losses that you have in life. We always be so thankful for, oh, you know, I'm so glad I got a car. I'm so glad I got this. I'm so glad I got that. But I'm thankful for not being able to eat. I'm thankful for being damn near homeless. I'm thankful being for being near, damn near starving. I'm thankful for those losses because with those losses came a win. If you always winning, you what's next? You know what I mean? So sometimes you got to get knocked down to get back up. And I, I, I can, I, I'm thankful for the, the losses because the losses is what made me be able to get through that and get to where I'm at now. Um, that was a, dang, that was a good one. That, I teared up for that one too. My God. <laughs> um, damn, voice all cracking. Jesus, y'all did me with that, them last couple questions. Um, so, now we're going to, before we end it out, guys, you know, every episode we're going to do an all things black. That's just a spotlight on black owned businesses and my experiences with them. If you guys know any black owned business that you would like to put the spotlight on, feel free to send me a DM to F-E-E-S-E-Y-B-O-Y on Instagram. So my first black owned business is G-Code. Uh, it is a, male, a, a man's boutique. Um, he does have women. He does have women clothes, but it's predominantly men's boutique. Uh, I had a couple outfits from him. They go up to, he goes up to a three X. It's fun. It's fun clothes. And that's why I like it because it's fun. It's comfortable and you could dress it up and you could dress it down. And it's like, it's quirky. So I'm, I'm appreciative of the G Cole, uh, clothing line. It, it works for me. The next one would be blazing flavors which is actually conveniently down the street from my hair salon. And they are on 8th and York or 8th and Germantown Avenue, whichever way you're coming. Blazing Favors is a pretzel factory. They do gourmet pretzels. So they do buffalo chicken pretzels, uh, jerk chicken pretzels, chicken nuggets, and all kinds of fun, festive pretzels. Uh, You could... Follow them on Instagram at Blazing Favors and feel free to drop by them. I think they're open Monday through, I mean, Tuesday through Sunday. I think they're closed on Mondays. The next one is going to be Jane Marie Cosmetics. Uh, my girlfriend, Jeanette, she has her own cosmetic line. It is great skincare, great lip gloss, you name it, she does it. Um, and it's for the everyday woman. You don't have to be one of them girls who wear makeup all the time to have her, li- her, her line. Um... That's why I can appreciate that. And the last, the last black-owned business is going to be Lunico Boutique. They are, uh, they also are an embroidery and spring printing company. They do the capes and stuff for the salon. They do the masks for the salon. All my t-shirts for the salon they've done. They do pretty much everything. So shout out to all the black-owned businesses. And again, if you know any black-owned businesses, feel free to send them to my DMs. And guys, we have hit our point where I have to say goodbye. And remember guys, if no one loves you, me, F-E-E-S-E-Y-B-O-Y, I love you, I need you. So when things get tough, remember to smile because it's free and it's contagious. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll talk to you guys Tuesday. Looks like the weather's going to be great all week here in Philly. So make sure you guys soak it up. And when you see me in the street, don't DM me. Speak to me in the street. Don't DM me and say, oh, I saw you on Lincoln Drive running. Stop me from running and say, 
Oh, hey, bitch, I see you. I listen to your podcast. And make sure you guys, if you listen to this, to this on iTunes and Spotify, you hit the subscribe, like and subscribe button. And next week, we will have the Black-Owned Business session, uh, episode. And I'm considering doing it live. But you, I got to be careful with the doing the live thing only because editing, with editing and stuff like that, I, I drool and, you know, I be sweating and all kinds of crap. So, I got to think about the live part. Y'all keep seeing this. Y'all want to see it live. I got to think about the live part. I will let you guys know when it happens. And remember, I love you guys. See you on the flip, fi- flip side. And I'm out.